0: This is what it sounds like in Brooklyn right now. It's quiet. Major cities across the country are finding themselves in similar situations, or maybe we should say silence. Traffic has nearly disappeared. Industrial production has mostly shut down. The result? The COVID-19 pandemic has led to a significant drop in air pollution and carbon emissions. When the economy is on pause, the air clears. China is the world's largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. It's also where the coronavirus outbreak started. Over February and early March, carbon emissions there dropped 25%. This might seem like encouraging news, but experts say that when life returns to normal, so will emissions. We can see this throughout history. Carbon emissions dropped during the Great Depression, at the end of World War II, and during the 2008 recession. As the world recovered from those events, emissions went back up. That's because our regular lives, during regular times, still overwhelmingly rely on fossil fuels. For years, climate scientists have been saying that needs to change. But action has been slow. Now, the COVID-19 outbreak is highlighting the human impact on the planet. And climate activists are saying this is a chance to create a new normal. So we wanted to find out. What can this pandemic teach us about tackling climate change? First, we'll go over a quick recap of where things stand with planet Earth. Then, we asked experts about the parallels between the coronavirus and climate change. Plus, what we can do for the planet once we get through this health crisis. This is your SKIM special on COVID-19 and climate change.
1: A stark warning from the United Nations Panel on Climate. Unprecedented changes are needed across the world to prevent a temperature rise which would increase heat waves, flooding, drought, and the loss of species.
0: Did you catch all that? The planet is sending out an SOS. Earth's temperature has been rising for decades, and humans are almost entirely to blame. That's because we rely on the burning of fossil fuels like oil, gas, and coal. These energy sources allow us to drive, fly, ship products across the world, and access electricity. But burning fossil fuels releases carbon dioxide, a greenhouse gas that traps heat in the atmosphere. Transportation is the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions in the U.S. Electricity production is second. Over time, all of this human activity has increased Earth's temperature, throwing off climate patterns with devastating effects. Tropical Storm Harvey, now a history-making disaster.
2: San Juan is getting hammered by Maria. The massive bushfires now visible from space, engulfing the size of
0: more than 50 New York cities. Climate change is already contributing to heavier rainstorms, droughts, heat waves, and more extreme wildfires and hurricanes. Global leaders have been trying to do something about it. In 2015, nearly every country in the world signed on to the Paris Climate Agreement.
1: L'accord de Paris pour le climat est accepté.
0: 195 countries agreed to lower greenhouse gas emissions. But the United Nations Secretary General says that the original pledge wasn't enough, that Earth's temperature is still on track to rise to a point that will have catastrophic consequences. That is, unless we can reduce global carbon emissions by 7.6% a year, every year, from now until 2030. And that would require an unprecedented effort. So that's what we're up against. What does this all have to do with COVID-19? Both are global problems with deadly consequences. To put things in perspective, as of mid-April, more than 127,000 people have died from the coronavirus over the last few months. That is a devastating toll In the future, climate change is expected to be just as bad. The World Health Organization estimates that the effects of climate change will kill 250,000 people a year between 2030 and 2050. That'll be due to things like malnutrition and heat stress. And some researchers say the death toll may be even higher. Given what we could face in the next few decades, the coronavirus raises the question. What can we learn from the effects of COVID-19 on the planet and the actions people have taken to combat the virus? We called some experts to find out. Hi, this is Beth. Hi, how are you?
1: I'm good. Nice to meet you.
0: Dr. Elizabeth Sawin is the co-director of Climate Interactive. It's a think tank that builds computer simulations related to climate change. These simulations can project things like the impact of taking no action on climate change. It'll tell you how much Earth's temperature is expected to rise in that scenario. Or the impact of investing more in clean energy or planting more trees. When it comes to the impact of COVID-19.
1: There's nothing good about this pandemic. It is bringing suffering and loss and disease and illness and economic disruption Um, and this is not the way, obviously, that we want to see the air quality improving or greenhouse gas emissions changing. Um, that said, it does hold a kind of mirror up to us. Uh, so what we see is that when we change how we use our infrastructure, for instance, people aren't driving to work nearly as much as they were a month ago. Um, so all of those highways, all of those vehicles are, are not being used. We see the contribution of that infrastructure to the quality of our air.
0: There's obviously a lot about life right now that we don't want to continue after the pandemic. But what if when we go back to normal life, we were able to keep the clean air? Elizabeth says COVID-19 may be giving us a chance to refocus our priorities.
1: And so I think the thing to remember is that if we had a different infrastructure, we could be having those lives where we are um, out of our apartments, living our lives, able to see our loved ones uh, without creating air pollution. Um, And the technologies to do that are well understood. We know um, that we can design walkable cities, cities that are easy to get around on bicycle, that we could have high-speed trains that are very fast and efficient and not polluting. Um, And really, it's a matter of our political will to do those things. We built it. We could change it.
0: When it comes to political will, there's been some debate about whether now is the right time to be talking about climate change. Here's Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell in March. This was a couple days before the Senate passed the $2 trillion stimulus package in response to COVID-19. Here are some of the items on the Democratic wish list over which they choose, over which they choose to block this legislation last night. Tax credits for solar energy and wind energy. New emission standards for the airlines.
2: Are you kidding me?
0: Some say now is not the time to make climate change a priority. Let's focus on helping people through the pandemic. Others say this is our chance to make sure we're safeguarding our future, a future that's already in jeopardy due to a warming planet. In fact, UN officials are asking countries to keep climate change in mind right now. They say this is a chance to rebuild while creating a greener economy. Acting now could be crucial especially since the U.N. postponed this year's climate conference due to COVID-19. This November, countries were expected to discuss new measures to cut greenhouse gas emissions. Now, that won't happen until next year, which cuts into the timeline for keeping Earth's temperature in check. And scientists say that even though it's been nice to enjoy some cleaner air at the moment, it's too soon to celebrate. Not until we achieve sustained emission reductions. How do we do that? The method might sound familiar. What's the climate change equivalent of flattening
2: the curve? Oh, the climate change equivalent of flattening the curve is literally flattening the curve of of, uh, carbon pollution.
0: That was Anthony Leiseritz. He's the director of the Yale Program on Climate Change Communication, which specializes in understanding Americans' attitudes toward climate change.
2: We need to flatten that curve and replace it with generating electricity and moving ourselves around Uh, with alternate uh, energy sources like the sun, the wind, the tides, etc. I mean, just to quote one of our founding fathers, uh, Ben Franklin, who said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Okay, that was true in the 1700s, it's just as true today. And that's true both in terms of the way that we respond to coronavirus as it is to the way that we respond to climate change.
0: Flattening the COVID curve means social distancing, washing your hands, and staying home. Even though this has had an effect on carbon emissions, those actions aren't realistic for flattening the climate change curve. But they may still be able to teach us something about what we need to do to keep the planet livable for future generations. Speaking of future generations, one group that's not backing down right now is youth activists. Over the past few years, high school students have been at the forefront of pushing for action on climate change. justice!
1: Now!
0: Last March, youth organizations around the world protested government inaction on climate change. They did it again last September, demanding action ahead of a U.N. climate summit. The marches planned for this Earth Day on April 22nd won't be as loud. COVID-19 is forcing these groups to rethink how to organize a movement from home. So instead, they're going virtual with a live stream event. But the point is, they're still happening. The youth organization Sunrise Movement launched an online class about the connections between COVID-19 and the Green New Deal. Another organization, Zero Hour, launched a podcast. Here's one of the group's co-founders, Jamie Margolin, on the first episode that came out last month.
2: The problem is the thing that I'm worried about is
0: that people are just, they see this as a standalone issue, but but this feeling of like this, something is deeply wrong. People are really hurt. Something is just wrong. That's what we wanted people to feel about climate change. We asked Elizabeth and Anthony about the threat climate change poses during and after this pandemic. Why is climate something that we should be integrating into our COVID response?
1: Well, the climate, the climate crisis is not going to go away just because we're fighting another crisis at the same time. Um, and so one reason to integrate these is so that all the good work that we are doing to take care of people and small businesses through the pandemic isn't undone by climate change. Um, you know, imagine your favorite Corner bakery that people loyally patronize, so that they stay in business during the pandemic, and maybe they get some help from the stimulus to stay in business, and their employees are taken care of. Um, And then we have another hurricane, like Hurricane Sandy, and they get flooded out. So we can't afford to protect people through the pandemic and leave them vulnerable to climate change. That that's one reason for tackling these together.
0: Anthony had a similar response about looking towards the future.
1: Something that really worries me about the next few
2: months is that we're just now heading into summer, um, you know. And what I'm worried about is double whammies. That um, you know, with summer is going to come uh, more heat waves. Uh, we're expecting to see some really severe flooding, probably in the Mississippi River Valley. Uh, we're expecting some probably intense fires, especially in California. Now, imagine that any of those events happening in a time where we're still dealing with coronavirus, where we're still supposed to socially distance. How are we going to go fight fires uh, if we can't even put people together in pl- close proximity, the, the firefighters themselves? How are we gonna evacuate people when a hurricane is approaching? Where? How are those people gonna move without potentially further spreading the virus? I mean, these are gonna be super big challenges, let alone, if and when those events happen, people then are uh, injured or made ill, and suddenly they need access to the medical system, the healthcare system that is now already stretched to the breaking point because of coronavirus. How
0: would you uh, summarize why this is so important?
2: Climate change is, you know, all encompassing. We're talking about uh, affecting the life support systems of the planet itself. Um, and it's going to change who has water and who doesn't, and how much you get. It's going to affect our agriculture, and there will be places that will not have enough food. Uh, you know, it's going to affect our where we live. Our massive cities that have that are housing tens of millions of people, many of them are at sea level uh, or are incredibly vulnerable. Uh, to rising seas and, of course, then ever more intense cyclones and hurricanes. The fact is, is that all of these different types of impacts are going to put enormous stress and strain on all of the systems that we all depend on. And coming back to coronavirus, we're just seeing how that one public health crisis can put such immense stress on all of our other systems, our, our economic system and our culture and our society in so many ways. And that's just the epidemic. Climate change involves so many other types of impacts all happening at the same time. Uh, And we need to act now uh, to head off what otherwise may be far more than we can handle.
0: When it comes to acting now, there are steps you can take, even while social distancing. One of the biggest is cutting back on meat and dairy. That's because livestock account for around 14.5% of greenhouse gas emissions. And while you're eating more at home, make sure you're recycling food containers. If you can, compost your food scraps. In general, buy less stuff. You're probably already doing that, given the circumstances. But addressing climate change isn't something individuals can do by themselves. This is also going to require government action. You can help with that, too.
1: The key muscle, and I think you're naming it, is um, civic activity, and that's Voting is the first part of that, of course, but um, it doesn't end there. It's educating your fellow citizens. It's helping people get rides to the polls.
2: There are no silver bullets. Ultimately, it's going to take uh, concerted action by government because that's how we achieve big big goals uh, as individuals. Um, And so one of the most important things that people can do there is they can vote. Uh, They can prioritize the issue. They can put pressure on their elected officials to say, this needs to be a top priority for you.
0: So, what's the skip? Climate change and the coronavirus are interconnected problems. Scientists had been warning for months that we were unprepared for a pandemic. Last September, an international panel of experts warned that government efforts to prepare for a pandemic were grossly insufficient and that the climate crisis would make tackling a disease outbreak even more difficult. In fact, it seems it already has. One study found that areas with high pollution levels are seeing higher death rates from COVID-19. And, reminder, air pollution is linked to carbon-emitting activities, like driving. Meanwhile, scientists have been sounding the alarm about climate change for years. Now we can see that the world has been dragging its feet on both of these issues. Some climate activists and scientists are hoping we'll learn from this, that people will put more trust in science, that they'll realize the impact their everyday actions have on the planet, and that government officials will address climate change with a similar sense of urgency.
1: To meet the kind of climate goals that scientists are telling us are are important, so things like the Paris Agreement's goal of limiting temperature increase to well below two degrees, uh, takes pretty much every... Um, intervention that we have available to us. so, Yes, plant trees. Yes, uh, shift to plant-based diets. Yes, insulate your home and also invest in clean energy like wind and solar. Uh, The thing that we absolutely can't neglect is getting off of fossil fuels. There really isn't time left to just allow a kind of um, a natural technological evolution to cleaner energy. We actually need policy that disincentivizes coal, oil, and gas.
0: Policy is the reason the UN, climate scientists, and climate activists are pushing governments to incorporate climate change into their responses to COVID-19, so that the global recovery takes advantage of a chance to reshape economies and create a more sustainable future. And that's your Skim special on COVID-19 and climate change. Thanks for listening.